the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Your Discipleship Coach with Michael Smith. Each week, Michael uses his coaching expertise to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Michael is a professional certified leadership, business, and life coach, serving as president of Professional Coach University, executive director of New Normal Coaching, and the lead pastor at Northwest Church. To learn more, visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Here's Michael. Well, thank you for tuning in to Your Discipleship Coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. I'm your host, Michael Smith. I'm here to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. In today's show, we're going to break down a scripture. So I've titled this show, Five Discipleship Thoughts, from Colossians 1, 28 and 29. So I'll kick off the show reading the passage. Him we proclaim, warning everyone to teach everyone with all wisdom, that we may Present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all the energy that he powerfully works within me. So as we think about today, some discipleship thoughts, I'll remind us this thinking. Discipleship is about action and pursuit. It's about action. I like to describe Christianity as a movement It's not watching, attending, or gathering head knowledge. It's a movement. See, it's God moving in our lives, and it's us moving in God's power. But it's also pursuit. It's action, but it's pursuit. Discipleship is pursuit of God. Jesus shares these words. It's recording in Matthew's Gospel. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. We're, we're, we're taught from Jesus to seek his kingdom. In, in the next chapter, Matthew 7, Jesus says, ask, it'll be given to you. Seek, you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. To him who knocks, the door will be open. It's a seek and follow reality. This is what discipleship is. I loved with my children when they're young to play hide and seek. And I would hide in in really the best places in the house and deep in the closets where they can open the closet. I'm there and they can't find me. But when my kids would roam the house looking for me and not find me, I I would say beep. And that beep would be an indicator as to where I am. What's interesting is we would take turns. My kids would then hide. And they would try to find a better hiding place than I had. But whether I could find them or not, it was funny because they mimicked my actions. And they would beep, beep, and they would say that so I could find them. And it's interesting. That's sort of an example of our faith. We find and we follow. There are four thoughts I I have for us to, to set up today's conversation. And here are the four thoughts. Find, follow, 
for me, for him. Here's what I mean. We, first of all, find Jesus. Now, for all of you that are listening with a critical ear, I don't want you to think that Jesus is lost and we have to discover where he is. But we discover his love, his truth, his forgiveness, and we realize that there, the eternal penalty that is assigned to, to our lives because of sin is pardoned. We might still face natural consequences for sin, but Jesus forgives us and offers grace and mercy. I personally define grace as God giving us more than we deserve, and thank you, Lord, for doing that. And the mercy, I would describe mercy as as God withholding the things that we probably deserve. But we find him. Next, we, we follow. We follow him. We follow Jesus, his ways, serving his mission, and we're led by the Spirit. And we do this, as I say, for me. I am saved. I am forgiven. I have eternal life. I mean, Joseph had pain and victory. Job had pain and victory. Paul had pain and victory. They, it was for them, and it's for us. But it's also for him. Find, follow, for me, for him. Really, we live our life for the glory of God and serving his purpose. So thinking about that, I want us to consider five discipleship thoughts that we unpack from Colossians chapter 1, verses 28-29. It opens with these words, Him we proclaim. The first discipleship thought is that we are to proclaim Jesus. Proclaiming Jesus is making him known. Yes, in our life we do this. We, we have a salvation moment where we become followers of Jesus and we're baptized in water. I know some people baptize babies and others immerse people in water. And just a thought, I know that when Scripture talks about the immersion approach, it was a public declaration of, of profession of faith. And, and we proclaim Jesus this way. But we also proclaim him to the world. There's one word, by the way, that scares both Christians and non-Christians, and it's the word evangelism. We are afraid to do it. We're afraid to hear it. But we proclaim the message of Christ to the world and, 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 we, and those who are around us. But the question becomes, how do we actually do that? You might be able to acknowledge that actions speak louder than words, but proclamation will include your words. I can recall being in high school and a close friend of mine was curious that I attended church, became curious about Christ. I invited him to church and he accepted Jesus. And I didn't know how to disciple him. I was memorizing a book of the Bible. So together we memorized James. <laughs> and it's just what we did. But we proclaimed his truth. What's interesting, there's another friend of mine that 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 came to, to church with me, accepted Jesus, and, and he was part of a, a crew that, that we led, I led to the Lord in high school. What's interesting, this is what really made my life in so many ways. I went to my hometown and preached at a church, not that I attended, but that was in my hometown. And afterwards, I went to my old Dairy Queen, and I'm enjoying some, some fattening food and, and hot fudge sundaes and whatever that was. And, and this friend of mine who I led to the Lord was there. But he was there with his two teenage kids. And he called me over. We sat down and reminisced. And he looked at his kids and he said, hey, this is Mike. He's the guy that led me to the Lord in high school. And I thought, you know, if I never proclaimed the, the Lord in high school, I never would have had this remarkable story. Actually, my, my girls, my, my two little girls recently came running into my house and they said, dad, dad, our neighbor is going to heaven. And I said, what are you talking about? And my two little girls, second grade, fourth grade, 
said that the neighbor didn't know about Jesus and and they she just accepted Christ in her life and as their savior and dad I feel so bad I didn't have time to tell her about all of the miracles of Jesus but I look at my own children who are proclaiming Jesus with their actions but also with their words and what I think about is this what what are we proclaiming we're proclaiming that that I know God and I grow in him. This is what discipleship is. It's knowing God, but it's also growing in him. And as we do that, discipleship is not selfish. It should have an outward focus. So our first thought, as I look at the five uh, thoughts of discipleship, is proclaim Jesus. The second one is teaching and warning with wisdom. Teaching and warning with wisdom. The scripture has so much to say on how to make disciples, but I love Colossians chapter one, and it sort of simplifies the assignment. Here's what it says, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom. Now, this idea of teaching or instruction might might seem like a pretty obvious component of discipleship. After all, a disciple is a learner or a follower of Christ. A learner must be taught. So discipleship, it makes sense that we would impart truth. Uh, We would support the discovery of biblical truth. And then discipleship is closing the gap between where we live today, our current reality, and the the biblical truth that we discover. We, We close that gap, and that is discipleship. So this idea to train, to learn, to instruct, What we do is we train people in the Word of God and show them how to glorify God. And we do that through one-on-one conversations, large groups, microgroups, you know, sermons, seminars, so many ways. But the passage that we're talking about today, Colossians chapter 1, reveals our responsibility to also warn. See, we know that sin separates people from God. It's forgiveness that produces followers of God. See, forgiveness without followership is immaturity. Forgiveness without followership is selfishness. It it causes us to be judgmental and defensive. See, followers walk as forgiven people who are completely surrendered to God and people who serve God's purpose for God's glory. And that is what a follower of Christ is. So we proclaim Christ, but we teach and we warn with wisdom. Paul puts it uh, this way, but we hear in the book of James that God gives wisdom. In fact, James says, that God generously gives wisdom to those who ask. And this is what we're doing. We're warning and teaching everyone with wisdom. See, we have access to wisdom, but we must ask God for it. As we disciple other people, we must continually seek the Lord's wisdom and guidance, really for our own lives. As we make disciples, we need to be guided through the wisdom of the Spirit of God. But we also need God's wisdom as we make investment in the lives of others. We pray that God would give us wisdom as we read and apply his word, as we we pray and as we speak to God and as we hear and listen from God. We need God's wisdom to completely submit and to yield to him. But we need his wisdom because his mission to spread his love to the ends of the earth 
is so he would be glorified. So as we are listening today on these five discipleship thoughts, we've walked through two of them. We're going to take a short break, and I'm going to be back to continue talking about five discipleship thoughts from Colossians chapter 1, verses 28 and 29. So stay tuned and keep listening. You're listening to your discipleship coach partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. And you're listening today on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. We're going to continue our conversation today on Your Discipleship Coach. As a reminder, I'm your host, Michael Smith, here to help you apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. And the conversation we're having is a fun conversation. It's five discipleship thoughts from Colossians chapter 1, verses 28-29. So we've already introduced the idea to proclaim Jesus and then to teach and warn with wisdom. But the third idea, the third thought comes from the phrase that we may present everyone mature in the Lord. What we need to do, number three, is to disciple mature believers. As you read through the book of Colossians, there's an emphasis on Christ's redeeming work, saving people from sin. But the book of Colossians also encourages, as a response to Christ's redeeming work, that believers should grow in spiritual maturity. I thought about this idea. You know what it's like when, when an infant is in the room and the infants cry. And then, I mean, I'm a father of six kids. I've changed so many diapers in my life. And I'm still sort of scarred from some particular diaper changes. But this is what infants do. They dirty their diapers. And they're completely dependent on adults. But in childhood, they it's a different need. They start to explore children do. Correction is needed. Learning is occurring. Then, then when you hit the phase of adolescence, this is when, when adolescents, they test the beliefs that they have and they, they explore the world and they quote unquote, I guess, become their own person. And even sometimes uh, practice uh, behaviors that cause regretful mistakes. The idea is that everybody would, would make it to adulthood. That's maturity. Uh, where we hopefully have lifelong relationships. I know they don't always work out, but the goal is a healthy marriage, uh, family, kids, and we'll, we'll care for our own aging parents, and we're buying houses and cars and paying for college, our college, <laughs> and probably our kids' college. Uh, but we may not know all of the indicators of spiritual growth. I mean, is it age? Is it behavior? Is it knowledge? What is it? But we may not even agree on what that is, but we can recognize, you know, like when a child shows maturity of an adolescent or when an adolescent shows unfortunate maturity of a child, it's it's really similar in the Christian space. Uh, we may not have a parameter that says after you've been saved for four years, you're you're a spiritual adolescent. But But what we can recognize is when someone who's young in the Lord demonstrates a maturity in the Lord. Or we can recognize that when someone has known the Lord for decades, sometimes they behave like spiritual children. You know, it's interesting. My mom is in a church, and and the music has changed in the church. And we've talked about this many times, and she's shared with me that she's not a fan of all of the, the changes with music. But then she looks at me and says, but the idea that 
that the people that are the age of my grandkids are coming to church in a way, although I may not like the, the music, I see these young people and families worshiping the Lord. See, that's a mature response, and I respect my mom for that. When I think about what discipleship is and we develop mature discipleship, the idea of mature discipleship is that we actually make, I'll say the word converts, or, or actual disciples, followers of Jesus. But we make these converts or disciples so they make converts or disciples. So make disciples who make disciples. The idea, though, is that every believer comes to increasingly reflect Jesus in their life. See, true discipleship involves investing in and younger believers, I, I guess I could say younger in the faith, those that may not be as spiritually mature as you are. Can I give us a little thought here? I, I would say every believer needs someone to spiritually learn from. Find someone in your life that you can can mimic or imitate as they follow the Lord. I also contend that every believer needs someone to learn with, where maybe you're in the same stage and you're learning about the Lord with them. And, and I think that every person needs someone who can learn from you. We all know the Apostle Paul, and he actually learned his ministry from, from Barnabas. And, and later on, uh, Paul passed on his ministry learning to his disciple, Timothy. He learned from others, and he discipled others. But these are the, the three famous people, Paul, Barnabas, and Timothy. What's intriguing to me is throughout the scriptures, the idea of discipleship is likened to parenting. Spiritual parent, those who you disciple. So can I say it in words that that I understand? Like a good mom, we might want to love and nurture those that we disciple. Like a good dad, we might want to help meet the needs of those we disciple and encourage them forward. But what I like to say is, is a good parent does not necessarily hand feed their child forever but they train them to grow and to be dependent appropriately independent appropriately and interdependent and this is the idea of the faith that we are interdependent paul's barnabas's and timothy's so that's the thought that's number three is to disciple mature believers the fourth Discipleship thought from Colossians 1, 28 and 29 comes from the words, for this I toil, struggling with. So the cost of discipleship is one of toil and struggle. Discipleship is a blast because people experience transformation and we're a part of those stories. And I've discipled people that have become pastors who have also grown in their faith and those that have discipled other people. But like most valuable things in life, Discipleship also requires and uh, demands energy, time, hard work. It, it actually is costly. There was a, a man when I was in college, his name was Brian, and we, we hung out every week. He was a disciple maker to me. And one week we would hang out and do something fun and, and play racquetball or whatever. The next week we would have a deep spiritual conversation. And this was our relationship. But what I think about this is when I'm a college student, I have that flexibility. But now to disciple people, it demands scheduling. It demands my time and meaningful time together. It's it's work. Paul uses the words toil and struggle to describe the work. The word toil means it might bring you to exhaustion. The word struggle means it's kind of like an athlete exerting, exerting energy, leaving everything on the field. So I would say it like this. Give every effort 
even to the point of physical exhaustion when discipling people. But at the same time, don't grow weary in doing well. See, give your all, leave it all on the field. But we must include Sabbath rhythms in our life so we can maintain wholeness and health in the Lord. So here are the, the, so far we're talking about four discipleship thoughts. We'll have one more here in just a minute. But Paul labored as an example to the point of exhaustion. He faced death threats, beatings, undesirable circumstances. I actually just heard yesterday a story of a friend of mine as a missionary that had to flee the country he was serving at the fear of death. It was crazy. But I'm here to tell you, I don't know what it looks like, but when you are making disciples, it will cost you. But here's the beauty. The last thought of discipleship comes from these words, all the energy that he powerfully works in me. See, the power of discipleship that equips us through the toil, through the struggles, is a reliance on the Lord. God provides the energy that we need. While discipleship takes energy, the good news is that the Lord gives it to us. We toil, we struggle, yet we depend on God. It's not by our strength, but it's by the power and the might of the Lord. It's kind of like this, we're the tool. Tools don't accomplish the work, the workman does. I'm finishing my basement right now. I have a, a brand new nail gun and I, man, I love using that nail gun. I, I plug it into my air compressor and I'm just, I'm building things I don't need to build because I get to, to use my nail gun. I'm, I'm using a drill. I'm using hammers. It's kind of like this. As disciples, we are the nail guns. We are the drills. We are the hammers. Jesus is the worker that picks us up and utilizes us for his purpose. So as I think about discipleship, we know that there's a teaching and an instruction, but there's also an imitation of following. See, discipleship boils down to this, that we know God and we're vulnerable enough to realize that he knows us. And when we make disciples, this is what we're helping people realize. So I'll ask you this question. Are you following the Lord? Have you found him? Do you follow him? Have you found him for you? Have you accepted his forgiveness? And are you living for him, for the glory of the Lord? Or maybe I'll ask your question, the question this way. Do you have a Barnabas in your life to learn from or a peer to learn with or a Timothy that you're pouring into? The idea is to disciple others. Are you imitating Christ and is someone following you? If you're interested in learning more about this or just in receiving coaching in any way, spiritual, personal, business, I invite you to visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com and complete our free coaching readiness questionnaire. And if you're interested in developing biblically-based professional coaching skills so you can disciple others, I want to recommend a training to you that Professional Coach University is offering. It begins June 1st. So for the information, visit professionalcoachuniversity.com. And I also hope you'll visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com and follow us on social media, follow this show, follow our podcast. Hey, it's been a pleasure to be with you today. I thank you for listening to Your Discipleship Coach. I want to thank our sponsors, Chicago Indian Church at chicagoindianchurch.com and Professional Coach University. Maximize your potential at Professional Coach University, where you can become a certified coach or invest in yourself through personal development opportunities. Just visit professionalcoachuniversity.com. And don't forget to take 
and register for their coach training beginning June 1st. Hey, I want you to know that I am for you and God is for you. And if God is for you, who could be against you? Thank you for listening today. You've been listening on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Thank you for listening today to Your Discipleship Coach with Michael Smith. We hope you feel encouraged to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Be sure to follow Michael and Your Discipleship Coach on social media. You'll find the links at yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. And while you're there, you can click the Give Now button to support this show and to provide scholarships to pastors and Christian leaders to receive coaching. To learn more, visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. That's yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. Partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.